Sometimes it can be fruitful prayer to try to imagine what it would have been like to be there in that particular passage, to be one of the characters, to be uh, part of that way of life from what we hear in our Gospels or other passages in Scripture. So I was reflecting upon what it would have been like to be one of those day laborers that Jesus is talking about in his parable, to to not really know one day from the next whether or not you're going going to be hired, whether or not you're going to have your daily wage. In those days, the workday started at 6 a.m. and ended at 6 p.m., and it was six days a week that people would work, and they would get paid at the end of the day, each day. And then the next day, they don't know whether or not they're going to be hired. To me, that sounds like it would be rather stressful. But I suppose for the people of that time, if that's just the way things are, they'd probably get used to it. In this parable, Jesus is using this day laborer position as an analogy for our life with him, our our journey towards heaven, where the work day represents that life, and the end of the day, being paid the daily wage, It's like receiving that reward of being with God forever in heaven. Now, reflecting back on my own life, I would say that probably at the beginning of the day, I would say that I was working in the vineyard, but maybe around 7 or 8 a.m., kind of like wandered off to the edge of the vineyard and then made my way into the forest of confusion and worldliness. And then hours later, realizing how miserable I was, kind of came back to the marketplace to be found again by the Lord. And that's analogous to me drifting away in middle school and coming back in college. And we see in this marketplace, that's where the landowner finds the day laborers. That's where he finds these workers. And what that represents is making ourselves available to God opening ourselves up, being sincere and vulnerable with God, sharing with him what's truly on our hearts, being willing to follow him as he calls us. And so, in the summer of 2004, as I was working as an undergraduate research assistant in the nuclear engineering department in Rolla, I was miserable, and I turned back to God which, when I was praying in my dorm room, I wasn't even sure God existed at that time. But it was worth giving a try. And so I poured out my heart to the Lord in prayer, and he responded. He answered, granting me peace, granting me joy and excitement, anticipation of how he's going to change my life and make it better. And so... We need to make ourselves well-disposed. We need to open ourselves up to God so that he can guide us, so that he can lead us, so that he can bless us. Yes, ultimately, he wants us to be with him forever in heaven, but he wants that relationship to start here on earth. He doesn't want for us to wait until 5 p.m. to be hired. He wants us to be hired as quickly as possible. For the day laborers, if they started early in the morning, they know they're going to get the daily wage. They know they're going to have that opportunity. And so for us who are following the Lord to the best of our abilities, praying every day, going to Mass on Sunday, 
having reception of confession on a regular basis, repenting of our sins, amending our lives, trying to grow in virtue, we have heaven to look forward to, provided we continue to avoid sin. And that's what it would have been like for the day laborers. The guys who came late were probably wondering, like, is this going to work out? Am I even going to get paid? What am I going to get paid? I mean, the guy who came at noon, he might think that he might only get half a day's pay. Or the one that came at 5 p.m., he might think he only gets one hour's worth of pay. But if you're living day to day, if that's supposed to supply you with the money you need for yourself and for your family, one hour's worth of pay is not going to accomplish much. And that's what the landowner knows. And in his generosity, in his mercy, in his love, even though the person came only one hour, he gives them the full day's wage. And that's what our God is like for all of us, too. Even if we come at the last moment, repenting of our sins and turning to the Lord, we can still reach heaven. And that should give us hope for any of our friends or family members who have gone astray. That so long as they're alive here on earth, they still have the opportunity to repent, to make themselves available to the Lord, and to follow him as he calls them. Now, thinking back, I remember a time when I was reading this passage, and like the day laborers who were upset, I was like thinking to myself, This doesn't seem right. I mean, this other person comes in late, and they still get the full daily wage. But Jesus' point is we should be rejoicing, rejoicing that this person, too, has what they need, that this person, too, is being blessed abundantly. And as we heard, he's not being unfair, because what was agreed to at the beginning was the normal daily wage, whether it was 12 hours of work, or not for someone else. If at 12 hours of work we get the normal daily wage, why should we be upset that someone who only did one hour still got paid the same? As it says in the gospel passage, or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? But those who work the full day have that hope, that confidence. Those who slip in at the last moment, what a terrifying thing that might be uncertain throughout life, being without that relationship with God throughout life, unsure of what happens at death. What a great blessing it is for those who are living the life of faith and pursuing the Lord, pursuing that relationship. Now, it is important to note, though, that heaven is not just one place where everybody's equal. There's a hierarchy in heaven. If you kind of think of like a marriage banquet, there's a head table, and that's where Jesus would be. And then the closer we are in relationship with him, the closer we're going to be to that head table. Just like the closer family members are going to be closer to the head table. And the people who only like are acquaintances but were invited would kind of be on the opposite side of that banquet hall. They're still there, but they're not that close to the head table. We want to not only be in that banquet hall of heaven, we want to be as close to our Lord as we can. And the greater we live a good and holy life here on earth, 
the greater our joy in heaven will be, the closer we will be to that head table, the greater rejoicing we're going to have. Yes, it's great just to make it to the banquet, but we should also strive for the highest place that we can reach, the closest we can be to the Lord for all eternity. And those who work the full day are more likely to reach that goal of being near that head table. And so we are called to open ourselves up to the Lord, to be disposed to his grace, to follow his lead, to let him reveal to us his plan for our joy, not only in heaven, but even here on earth. And today being Stewardship Sunday, in our bulletin, we have a summary of the kinds of things that we've been doing, the ways that we've been responding to this gift that God has given us. For everything that God has given us is gift, and all that we have is God entrusting those things to us. But we are called to make use of it for the sake of our salvation and the salvation of others. And so our, in our bulletin, we have our stewardship report, which gives us an, a lot of numbers. If we look at the finances, we're doing all right. We're in the black. We're headed in the right direction. If we dive a little deeper into the numbers, we would notice certain things. Um, tuition has increased. Uh, expenses are basically flatlined, with the exception of inflation. That's increased our expenses. Um, not too long ago, there was a bump in the pay for the teachers, which also increased expenses. Our offertory is about the same, so that's kind of flatlined. It hasn't increased. Um, but there have been, throughout the years, the last few years, certain people who are very generous, making one-time donations of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And in the last few years, last several years, there's also been times where we've had additional one-time expenses, um, things that we don't normally have, capital expenditures. So, for example, redoing the front entrance to the church. But if we look over the years, yeah, there's that little fluctuation, but for the most part, we're doing well. We're doing what we need to do. But we're called to continue to give, to give as God calls us to. We can look at other numbers as well, how many people are registered, how many households. That number has increased. We can look at baptisms and other sacraments, confirmations, and First Holy Communions. Baptisms are up, but so are funerals. We can look at enrollment in school. That number is also up. We can look at our PSR program. That number has actually slipped a little. So just side note, if you're sending your kids to public school, we invite you to consider also sending them to PSR. With all these numbers and all these volunteer hours and the different things that we've been doing, it gives us a sense or some idea, a small little glimpse of how we're responding to the gifts, the graces God has given us. How we are responding to God's invitation. Are we opening ourselves up? Are we letting him lead us as he wants to? And how may he be calling us to respond with greater love, with greater generosity, with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Many of our parishioners make huge gifts of their time and talent, volunteering for all sorts of different things, which is great and wonderful, and thank you to all those who do that. But there are some parishioners 
who aren't as involved. And so for them, I encourage you to consider different ways of making a gift of your time and talent. Here we are on Sunday at Mass, and so we're already making a gift of our time. Hopefully we're also making a gift of our attention and giving to the Lord not only our words, but our hearts and our minds as well in the midst of this celebration. So brothers and sisters in Christ, let us consider all the ways that God has blessed us and try to open our hearts and minds to the ways that God may be calling us to better follow him and how we can more generously respond to the great gifts and blessing he has given us. Let us reflect upon that as we prepare ourselves to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy Eucharist.